1: From the boardroom to the battlefield, surrender is never considered a winning strategy, but in a greater sense, it's the only path to victory. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah wraps up the series, A Life Beyond Amazing by exploring why surrendering your life to the Holy Spirit is key to the life God desires for you. Here's David to introduce the conclusion of his compelling message, A God-Inspired Life. And thank you so much for joining us
0: today. We are very happy to have you as we end this month together in our discussion of A Life Beyond Amazing. During this month, we have been examining the character qualities of a spirit-led life. And I hope that these have encouraged you and strengthened you. For many of you, you see these characteristics developing in your life, and you should be greatly encouraged. All of us are challenged by these things because none of us perfectly uh, lives this way. One day we will be that way. But in the meantime, God expects us to walk with him and constantly be growing in grace, becoming more Christ-like every day. And this has been a strategy we've been examining. Don't forget that during this month, and today's the last time I can tell you this, During this month, we have been making available a brand new edition of a book called Why the Nativity. It is graced with a beautiful cover uh, showing the characters who play Mary and Joseph in this docudrama. And then when you get to the center of the book, there are 25 photos from the Why the Nativity set. This is a really beautiful book, and it's filled with wonderful truth about the tremendous blessing of Christmas when we celebrate it the way it should be celebrated. It's the core message behind the film. In fact, this book is the book from which the whole uh, drama originated. You can receive it today by sending a gift of any size to Turning Point and simply requesting that this book be sent to you. It will be on its way to you before you know it. The book is really critical for people today, and it introduces them to the film which we have been telling you about. Once again, you can find out about that film by going to whythenativity.org. There you will find all the places where this new movie is being seen. Well, let's finish up what we started yesterday. This is part two of The God-Inspired Life. One of the things I know is that God never gives up on us. We take a wrong turn. He doesn't say okay. That's it for Jeremiah. He went right. I told him to go straight. I'm done with him No, he keeps after us. He keeps recalculating and bringing our lives back, but here's the issue The Holy Spirit doesn't do the work He shows you what to do gives you the strength to do it, but you have to make the decision to follow it and if you don't then your GPS system's worthless and you will be lost. And you won't find your way. I remember reading, before he died, the late John Stott's morning prayer. You know, when you read what people say, that's really not in the mainstream of what they do, you learn why they have power. You want to know why a man like John Stott, who moved the world from Britain, with his great preaching and writing why he was the way he was, here's his daily prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray that this day I may live in your presence and please you more and more. Lord Jesus, I pray that this day I may take up my cross and follow you. Holy Spirit, I pray that this day you will fill me with yourself and cause your fruit to ripen in my life Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And every day he prayed that prayer. Every day he said, at the beginning of this day, I'm turning over the control of my life to the Holy Spirit who lives within me. So you have to ask yourself the question today. Do you want these qualities developed in your life? Do you want to be in a cooperative program with Lord God to work out your own salvation to work out? What God has worked in then the Holy Spirit's going to be involved and you have to give him control second You have to denounce your sin I love to tell people when I talk about the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit has two names and his first name is holy because he is holy the holy spirit cannot thrive in a contaminated environment Ephesians four thirty says this do not bring sorrow to god's holy spirit by the way that you live I think the new king james says grieve not the holy spirit Remember he has identified you as his own guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption one of the classes that impacted me the most during my time at dallas seminary was a course taught by charles ryrie on the holy spirit in the years since i have returned to dr ryrie's little book on the holy spirit time and time again in fact one of the guys who helps me in the research part of what i do in the library over there at where i keep my books asked me what happened to this book because the cover's gone there's no back cover there's no front cover i said i just wore it out Because every time I turned around, I was picking that book up. If you know Charles Ryrie and his writing, you know he always was a man of few words. He said a lot more in a few words than most people say in volumes. In that book, he wrote, The victorious life, or the life which does not grieve the Holy Spirit, is the undefeated life. It is the life which is constantly responding to the light as it is revealed in God's Word. As response is made, this will bring to light more areas of darkness, which then need to be confessed. And then more light comes, which in turn requires more confession of newly discovered darkness. And so it goes throughout life, but this is the normal way life grows that does not grieve the Spirit. Did you understand what he was saying? He didn't say, if you're living a life that's not grieving the Holy Spirit, You don't ever make any mistakes or you don't ever sin. No, what the Bible teaches is that if you're living a life that does not grieve the Holy Spirit, you're acknowledging sin when it becomes known to you and you deal with it. And then you keep studying and here's what you learn as you get older in the Christ and as you grow in Christ, you will become sensitive to things later on that you never even thought of before. And as you become sensitive to the things that you know are not pleasing to God, you don't just blow them off or you don't just excuse yourself for them you deal with them and you ask God to forgive you and you repent and repentance means to turn from it it means to take a 180 you're going this way in this particular practice and God brings Conviction to your heart about it and you say lord god. I know this is wrong and I repent of this and I'm sorry for this But that's not the end of it when you do that you turn and you go the other direction repentance is not a matter of sorrow And tears and crying repentance means to stop doing what you're doing and start doing the right thing to repent and what is so wonderful about Charles Ryrie's statement is that we think what I'm talking about is some kind of subnormal abnormal no this is the way the Christian life is someone once told me the Christian life is falling down and getting up falling down and getting up all the way to heaven nobody lives a perfect life nobody gets there without challenges but the issue isn't are you going to be challenged in your life the issue is what will you do when it happens How will you respond to it? How honest are you willing to be before god when he puts his finger on something and he surely will if you want to walk with him And he'll say that spirit you have toward that person is wrong Lord god, i'm sorry. That's not enough. Go fix it Walking in the spirit not grieving the spirit is living a life where you listen to the spirit of god when he puts his Finger on something in your life and first john 1 9 is the great encouragement that if we confess our sin he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness do you know that verse wasn't written to unbelievers that verse was written to young believers and the apostle john said listen when you're walking along the way as a christian and you mess up or you step in a hole or you do something you shouldn't do or you say something you shouldn't say listen to me here's what you need to know if you confess your sin he is faithful and just to forgive your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness and get back on the road and keep walking and don't stop the Christian life is an, an uninterrupted road from where you become a Christian all the way to heaven you're gonna have some stops and some starts here's the third thing and you're gonna say oh no not this again devote yourself to the Word of God well what does that have to do with anything The process of growing in Christ is impossible without this book. Did you know that nobody has ever been saved except for two things? You have to have the Spirit of God and the Word of God. Nobody will get to heaven unless the Spirit of God and the Word of God has worked in their life. That's how you become a Christian. But did you know also that once you become a Christian, nobody ever grows in their faith without the Spirit of God and the Word of God? Let me tell you how this works. If you want the fruit of love to develop in your life... Read the passages in the Bible about love, 1 Corinthians 13, others. If you want to learn how to endure and have greater endurance, study the lives of men like Job or Moses. Do you want to grow in integrity? I suggest you get acquainted with Noah and Abraham and Joseph and Hannah and Daniel and a whole bunch of others. Every day you and I face situations that require decisions and if we're going to make the right decisions To be ready for every good work. We have to store up as much of God's Word in our hearts as we can That way when those moments come the Holy Spirit can bring to our mind the passages that we've read and studied and meditated upon And the principles from those passages will guide us Uh, Let me see if I can make it even clearer It's like what happens when we use our computers. We store information on the hard drive. Then the operating system uses that information to accomplish the given task. I know that's an oversimplification, but that's basically how it works. Studying and memorizing the Word of God is like loading up your spiritual hard drive with good information. And the Holy Spirit, who is your operating system, uses what you've stored up to operate your life. But if you don't put anything on your hard drive, (laughs) you short circuit the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't work in a vacuum. The Holy Spirit works with the Word of God. Sometimes you say, well, I'm just reading the scripture and I don't understand it all, I'm not confident that I'm really getting everything out of it. Just read it, keep reading it. Sooner or later, it'll start to come alive for you. But if you don't read it, if you do not put the Word of God on your hard drive, The Holy Spirit doesn't have anything to work with in your life. And you're just left like that ship out in the sea, just kind of floating along, drifting along with the current. No power. Here's one that's tough for all of us men especially. Die to your own ambition. Not to ambition, to your own ambition. The Bible says in Galatians 5, those who are Christ's, Have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires if we live in the spirit we have to walk in the spirit We're commanded to walk in the spirit. It's simply a matter of obedience We must be willing to let God be God and all God's resources will be available to us if we simply walk in the spirit And Paul uses this word walk. It's very interesting. How many of you know walk is one step at a time? Powerful Taking one step at a time. That's how you live the Christian life, one step at a time. Putting one spiritual foot in front of the other. Sometimes you walk into the wind. Sometimes you walk with the wind at your back. No matter, regardless of what you're doing in your life, the person who is walking in the Spirit is making progress. When we let go of our ambition, we say to the Holy Spirit, okay, I'm going to get off the throne of my life and I'm going to put you there. And from now on, what you want will be what I do. I remember a leader who was going through some real struggles in his church, and he said he finally came to grips with this is how he was going to handle it. Every day when he went to work, he'd open his office and look there at the chair in his office and envision that the Spirit of God was there, and he would say to the Spirit of God, I don't know what to do with this mess. It's in your hands. And he would go someplace else and study. Those of us who've grown up in the American ethic know that We're pushed and driven to be self-made people. We're motivated to do better, learn, be effective. All of that is well and good. But you have to stop somewhere along the way and ask yourself, who is this for and what is this about? And you have to ask God to give you clarity on that. No servant can serve two masters. You cannot have two CEOs in your life. You only get to have one. And you have to make the decision. The Lord God isn't going to make it for you. You have to decide, okay, I've been tooling along here in my boat with a whole lot less power than I think I should have. Maybe there's something else. And then just stop dead in your tracks and say, I'm going to let God take control. I'm going to let God run my life. I'm going to read his word. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit direct me. Holy Spirit is the only one who can lead you into the life of power that you desire. Letting go of your ambition may seem risky, but I want to tell you something. God's plan for your life is way better than yours. Do you believe that? i tell you this. When I got into college, I didn't have a lot of spiritual direction in my life. It wasn't until I was a senior that God called me to preach. So in those early years of college, I was deciding what I was going to do. I was really interested in radio and television. I was taking classes, and Don and I started WCDR, which was the campus radio station in Cedarville. Believe it or not, I was a disc jockey on a station in Springfield, Ohio, WEEC, played all the music, gave the news, the weather. That's where I was headed. That's what I wanted to do. I loved it. I used, to, you guys. I used to build Heath kits when I was a kid, the little kits you put together. My mother used to tell me, "You're going to electrocute the whole family before this is over." She would say that. <laughs> Had wires running everywhere. I've always loved this industry, the radio and television industry. One day, God called me to preach, and I remember telling Donna, "The only thing that I'm struggling with is." Goodbye to radio. Goodbye to television. I'm going to go be a preacher (laughs) You know, I don't know how good I would have ever been as a secular disc jockey, but I promise you I wouldn't have been on 2200 stations Listen to me God's plan for your life is better than any you can imagine But as long as you keep holding on to your own ambitions and you want to do it your way And you want to do your thing and you're not willing to trust him You will get what you can get but will never be as much as God wants you to have The Bible says commit your way unto the Lord listen to this and he will give you the desires of your heart So ask yourself. What is it you desire? And then commit yourself to the Lord The Spirit of God is just waiting for you to say yes Yes, take control I'll follow your direction And then you've got to commit yourself to do what he tells you to do So the question is this what do you want your life to be like? God is building a house Some of you may be satisfied if your life is a cottage Most people are not satisfied with a decent little cottage. They want something better So the question is, what do you want your life to be like, a cottage or a palace? Do you desire the nine virtues of a good and joyful life enough to turn your life over to the Holy Spirit? Or do you want to retain control and risk the works of the flesh, inching their way into more and more of your life and leading you further and further from the possibility of joy? The Apostle Paul puts it very plainly. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body you will live for as many as are led by the spirit of god these are the sons of god so now that you know the five steps to be filled with the spirit what's next what will your life be like when you're led by the spirit of god will all the potholes be filled all the detours straightened all the doors opened absolutely not Being filled by the spirit doesn't mean your world suddenly becomes a garden of eden You still deal with crabgrass and storms and clouds in your life But you'll see a huge difference in how you deal with them because it's not now just you It's the holy spirit in you doing his work through your life When the holy spirit is at home in your life the nine virtues that we have been talking about will not only be the gifts of god that you have received at your salvation they will be virtues that are growing and you will be able to discern growth in your life because the holy spirit is at work along the way there'll be a lot of blessings along the way there'll be some tests but along the way you will feel the presence of the holy spirit every day And The fruit of the Spirit is about transformation making you different So here we are at the end of this series and here we are at the end of this message and where do we go from here? I just want to leave you with this thought wherever you are on this journey many of you are Christians have been for a long time Still looking for that power in your life to be used of God some of you are brand new in the faith Maybe you've just been baptized and you're getting your start as walking with the Lord wherever you are Whatever you're doing. Just keep going Don't quit. Keep playing the game. Keep utilizing what God gives you. Keep taking what you learn and putting it into practice. Don't just be a collector of information. I'm glad when you take notes, but I hope you're taking notes so you can remember what the Word of God says so you can remember when you read it again what to do. The Bible says we're not to be hearers of the Word only, but doers. One of my greatest fears is that I'm a teacher of the Word of God, and people come and they're more smart about the Bible than they ever were, but they don't allow the Word of God to matriculate down into the everyday life that they live. So here's what I'm saying. Just keep going. Don't quit. There's a story about a mother who had a young son who was struggling to learn to play the piano, and she thought it might encourage him to attend a concert Of a great pianist who was visiting their city as they were seated the mother spotted a friend and left her seat to go speak to her her son a very curious young man took the opportunity to explore the grand music hall where this event was taking place soon he wandered through a door marked no admittance when the house lights dimmed and the mother returned to her seat And realized that her child was missing before she could do anything about it the curtains opened on the Spotlighted center stage and the audience gasped with a mixture of laughter and anger when the mother saw the cause of her reaction She gasped in horror there at the keyboard of this grand piano sat her little boy innocently picking out twinkle twinkle little star (laughs) at that moment the master pianist made his entrance. He quickly moved to the piano and whispered in the little boy's ear, don't quit, keep playing. And then the great piano master leaned over the boy with his left hand and began filling in the bass accompaniment to Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. And a moment later his right arm reached around to the other side and added a running obbligato. And when the last note sounded, the mesmerized audience stood to their feet and thundered, their applause Together the old master and the young novice had transformed an awkward situation into a wonderfully creative moment and this is what God does with us No matter how hard we try to live godly lives our efforts always seem to come up short, but when God enters He turns our halting music into a masterpiece He takes our efforts done in good faith and he honors our efforts but not only that by his holy spirit he transformed those efforts into something beyond what we could ever do if we had the best day of our life and that is what paul was telling us when he wrote work out your own salvation in fear and trembling sit down at the piano and begin to play but don't worry it is god who works in you both to will with his right hand and to do with his left hand what is necessary. So the indispensable key is what the master said to the little boy. Don't quit. Keep playing. Mm. And that is a very encouraging word for me. I hope it is for you. Let's face it, sometimes we get a little discouraged and a little frustrated and we don't seem to be doing uh, what we should be doing or, or growing as we should be growing. But this is not a 100-yard dash. This is a marathon. And uh, that's really good advice from that piano teacher. So uh, this is the end of the month. Uh, We'll be back in December and into the Christmas uh, material before you know it. And I hope that you will continue to pray as we move into this critical time and release this new movie called Why the Nativity. And if you haven't received the book that is behind this movie, you can receive it today by sending a gift of any size to Turning Point, and simply requesting that this book be sent to you. It will be on its way to you before you know it. It's beautiful. It's been redesigned with photos of the movie set upon which this film uh, was shot, and we want you to have all of this to be blessed and encouraged as you think about Christmas. Christmas is a lot of things all of them exciting. we love to celebrate. My wife is a a celebrator of Christmas, and we have our Christmas designs and, and decorations up as early as anyone. But we also know that the real meaning of the season are not the decorations and the excitement, but the wonderful truth that God loved us and gave us His only begotten Son, that we might have life everlasting. Don't forget that. And whatever you do, have a great day.
1: The message you just heard originated from Shadow Mountain Community Church and senior pastor, Dr. David Jeremiah. If God is ministering to you through Turning Point, will you let us know? Write to Turning Point for God of Canada, P.O. Box 18098, Delta B.C., V4L2M4. Visit our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or call 800-946-4300. Fill your Christmas with meaning and joy with your copies of David's book and new docudrama DVD, Why the Nativity? Each is available for a gift of any amount. You can also download the free Turning Point mobile app for your favorite smart devices or search in your app store for the keywords Turning Point Ministries and instantly access our content. Visit davidjeremiah.ca slash radio for details. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we begin the series, Why the Nativity? here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Have you ever wondered what your legacy will be? The Jeremiah Legacy Society from Turning Point was created for friends of the ministry who feel called to partner with Dr. David Jeremiah to deliver the unchanging Word of God to future generations. We can ensure that the impact we have reaches beyond our days here on earth. Visit our website at davidjeremiahgift.org to learn more about how you can be a part of the Jeremiah Legacy Society. If you're looking to celebrate the holiday season in a meaningful way, consider revisiting the story of the first Christmas. In the newest edition of his book called Why the Nativity, Dr. David Jeremiah looks in close detail at the people and events surrounding that special day. The book and brand new docudrama are yours when you support Turning Point this month with a gift of $60 or more. If you give $100 or more, you'll also receive the correlating CD album and study guide. Donate today at davidjeremiah.ca.
0: A man was invited by a church to speak at a banquet. When he arrived, the pastor greeted him and said, I know you are God's sovereign choice to be our speaker. And that made the man feel good. But then the pastor said, the first three speakers we invited were unable to come. He was suddenly confused. He was glad God arranged for him to be the speaker, but his pride was hurt when he was the church's fourth choice. We all face this question at times, don't we? Is it better to be first in the eyes of men or first in the eyes of God. This is David Jeremiah, encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's sovereign choices on Route 66. Route
1: 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com and get your roadmap for life. That's Route66life.com. Route 66, start your journey home today.